Hi, I'm Tyra G., your host of Frankly Speaking with Tyra G. Welcome again to our virtual gathering of phenomenal listeners. Yes, you, fearsome and generous, humble and honest, in pursuit of new possibilities and purpose. Every week, we meet for one hour to experience, to educate, to encourage, and empower each other through all of our joy and our lessons learned. We share topics that tradition tells us there's some things you just don't talk about, but not here. Not here, judgment cannot get in. Here, we live beyond the wreckage. Each week, we start right where we are. We ask only that you come to the table dressed in your inner awesome, accessorized with your authenticity and your vulnerability. You're listening to Radio Fairfax, Fairfax, Virginia, on your TV, computer, or mobile device. And we are webcast worldwide every Saturday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And yes, I know it's date night. People got stuff to do. That's okay. Should you miss us, you can catch our podcast. Go to YouTube, key in Frankly Speaking with Tyra G. Or go to my website. TyraGarlington.com. Go to the media room, walk through the door that says audio, and there we will meet you. Thank you, Courtney Nero, for composing and performing this theme song. And most importantly, Courtney, thank you for naming it. I'm listening. So how y'all doing? Let me tell you what I realized as I was prepping for the show today. Frankly speaking, has become a human library of stories of more than 110 guests. Yes, 110 guests. Not only did they have stories, do they have stories, they are stories. And what makes it so special is this. How we put our stories together is what sets us apart. And that's why I ask each one of my guests to introduce themselves. You get to hear immediately the rhythm of their language and feel the pulse of their energy. And then the connection is established and the rest is easy. However, before we meet today's guest, I want to create our common thought space that will support this month's theme, Voices from the Future. This week, we visit the land of Gen Z, also known as iGen, also known as Centennials, also known as Nexters. Generation Z is the youngest, most ethnically diverse, largest generation in American history. Gen Z is described as a maker generation, a far more pragmatic and practical generation who must architect and build the future. We are all trying to imagine living in the world that doesn't yet exist. They have fundamental layers. It needs a generation to create. Guess what? The best way to predict the future is to build it. 
and Gen Z has, become, has been described as builders and human justice warriors. They are living out loud. Yes, their gifts are bridges. And remember, bridges go two ways so that our gifts become our ticket across the bridge to one another's lives. Writer Howard Thurman says, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and then go do it. I want to end our Common Thought Space offering with a message from a famous mega producer in the music industry. And it's for millennials. Excuse me, it's for Gen Z. His name is DJ Khaled. He's a recording artist and reminds Gen Z of the following words in his book, The Keys. And I quote, we the best means exactly what it says. I didn't say I'm the best. That's an important distinction. I said we. That means me, fan love, my team, and everybody who got love and positive energy. Let me ask you this. If someone came up to you and asked, are you the best writer, chef, producer, director, what would you say? If you don't declare you're the best, I'm disappointed. You're supposed to say that you're the best because let me tell you, you are the best. You need to own it with confidence and conviction. Say it to yourself first a thousand times, then say it to another a thousand times more. For real, is somebody better than you? Nah, we the best. You have to speak your success into existence because it absolutely, if you don't, no one else will for you. That's why I started my first label. I called it We the Best. We were the were we the best yet? Well, that's kind of up for debate. But did we have the drive and the passion and the necessary dedication to be the best? Without a doubt. Remember, Muhammad Ali, rest in peace, said, I'm the greatest. He said, I said that before I knew I was. DJ said, Make your life about fulfilling your vision and dream big, end quote. Today we have a wonderful ambassador from the I generation who is living out loud and sharing his gifts and talents internationally. Hear me now. I have been looking forward to sharing him with you for quite a while. Welcome, Nalik to Frankly Speaking with Tyra G. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Nalik. I just graduated recently uh, from the Fairfax area. Uh, I'm a soccer player. I really enjoy playing soccer, um, as I said. Um, I enjoy uh, interacting with others, meeting new people. Uh, I really enjoy making other people smile when I see others smile and puts a smile on my face. I love just being myself because as Miss Tyra just said, that when you tell yourself you're the best, no one else can bring you down. Uh, I have a lot of people who I interact with who don't feel the same way, but um, as myself, I like to give them that motivation like DJ Khaled tries to give everyone else. And um, that's how I like to live my life as knowing that I think that I'm the best and that others are the best too. I like that. I like the tagline. Not only, Nalik, did you say I'm the best, but that others 
are the best too. And that's a message that I try to give every time I have a chance to say, you are worthy. You are the best. Your designer's original. So you said you just graduated. So I'm thinking you're in a transition mode. What's the next step? What are you going to do? Complete honesty, I'm very, very stressed. Um, I uh, applied to uh, only two colleges because I knew what I wanted to study. I wanted to study marine science. Great. Uh, I thought about it since I was in seventh grade. Um, and uh, I got into both the schools I applied to, and I decided I wanted to go to Coastal Carolina University. Um, I um, wanted to play soccer at Coastal Carolina University, but in terms of family vacation and in terms of other aspects of my life, I missed the, missed the tryouts or missed the ID camps, and I was unable to uh, make the team or even express how I feel towards the coaches, you know, and um, that put a damper on things. So I called my coach and I said, Coach, is there anything you can do? And my coach said, yes, uh, give me a minute. I'll get back to you. So um, time went past and I'm still thinking I'm ready for Coastal Carolina. And um, I'm checking my emails to see if any soccer opportunities come up because I don't just want to go to school and cut soccer. Right, right. So um, in the process of waiting, I got an offer to go to a school in England and play soccer there. Um, but going to England, that's a massive jump from staying in Virginia or going to South Carolina to go to school. Yes. So I'm waiting on my coach to get back to me. And he does. He says, Nylik, um, I have an opportunity for you to go to Miami and play semi-pro soccer. Um, all you have to do is take it. You wouldn't even have to try out. You'd just be on the team. That's not school. That's strictly soccer. That's strictly soccer. Okay. And what happened in your heart when that when you got that information? Uh, my mind did a backflip. I couldn't do a backflip. I was sitting in IHOP, but <laughs> but my mind did a backflip. My heart did one too. Everything <laughs> started getting excited, and I was really feeling it. I was elated inside, and um, I looked at my mom. And my mom looked back, and my mom, she gave me the smile that was like, yes, but, and uh, that's still where we are. I'm in the yes, but stage. Um, my mom said I can go, but I got to get some sort of schooling. So today, um, I went to uh, NOVA, the community college. Yes. And um, I registered for classes, so that way I would be able to go to Miami and play soccer as well as uh, attend all nine classes, so that way I can have the best of both worlds. So that's where I'm at right now. Now, you know, there are a lot of young people that would love to have that stress. A lot of young people don't, don't have the gifts and the talents that you have been anointed with. And at the same time, I believe that the God we serve makes the journey have bumps so that whatever decision you come up with, he didn't say it's going to be easy. He said, I'll be there. So whatever that decision becomes, Nalik, it's going to be all right. So I'm saying to you as potential grandma, uh, God provides. So I, I'm excited for you. I'm excited that other people are seeing your talent. This is information that's new to me right now. Now, what happened to the school in England? We just said no to that, or you wanted to stay close to home, or what's the deal? 
um, the school in England, we asked them about financial aid, yes. you know, because it's so far. Yes. And um, it was a heavy burden, not just financially, but also, you know, mentally, you know? Yes, I do. Because I would be leaving an entire... Support system. What, 22 Every- hours away? Yes. Uh, maybe not that long, but... I would be, it'd be a, it, you can't drive there, you know? It, you have to Not unless you know something we don't know. Yeah, that's what I mean. You know, can't fly over the ocean. I mean, can't drive over the ocean, I hope. Yeah. And then um, it's not just a, a quick thing where, hey, mom, can you do me this favor? Can you come get me? No, I'm too far away. And um, financially, it was a little rough. Yeah, I, I do know I had a young lady living next door to me a couple of years ago, and she had, she was going to school in England, and they have a difficult time giving financial aid to people that are international. Yes, they said that. The they, coach said that. Yeah, they will give you loans, mm-hmm. but they won't give you financial aid, and that's that's rough because she's brilliant as you are. So that decision we we put over here on the shelf, and now focus a lot of energy to waiting. And you know when you're waiting, you're not just sitting there staring. What are you doing when you're waiting? You get antsy, and then you it you start looking for other options, or you you just waiting is not always the best thing. But sometimes it's not your um, it's not really your choice to wait. God puts you in a spot to wait. Yeah, for His reasons. And you don't have to stand still as you wait. No, you don't. You know, there are things that that we can do. And sometimes when you're looking for a blessing, the best thing you can do is bless someone else. Right. And uh, I found that uh, particularly when when I was alone and in a very desperate situation, I still had an opportunity. People were coming to me, and I had an opportunity to get outside of me. So when focusing on me, 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 what am I going to do, that kind of thing, to, wow, there's something I can deposit in this person based on what I was going through. So uh, be encouraged, please. And you you said something, and I'm going to do this a little differently than I had planned. Uh, you you keep referring to your mom, and everybody needs to know that Nalik's mom is sitting right next to him in studio, and they have a very special relationship. And at some point, a little later in the show, they're going to, expose you to it not tell you about it but expose you to it but um i know i know that she's a rock in your life tell me tell me this tell me what it was like to be at the end of a season i.e a senior getting ready to graduate what were the best things that happened to you this year and what were some of the things like really what were some of the things that happened that were really good really good um I met a, I mean, I didn't meet, but I had a best friend. Uh, he was from France, and um, right now, I mean, right now it's kind of a struggle, but we were best friends, soccer buddies. We always used to go, We uh, before every game, we'd go to Popeye's. Mm-hmm. The day before, not on a game day. That was a bad idea. Um, <laughs> before, like the day before a game, we'd go to Popeye's. We, uh, we loved drinking uh, Powerade. Um, I had my best friend, uh, 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 not him, but another best friend. He went to another school. We'd hang out a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, I was soccer season. That was the most successful season I'd ever had. Uh, I got to be, you know, the starter on varsity. The What I position do you play? I'm a striker. 
Oh. I was the man. Like, when the coach needed something, he would always, Nalik, come on, like, I need your help. And that made me feel good, knowing that I was the one that, you know. That, you the man. Like, like, kind of like the backbone, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I had a lot of, I had pretty good classes. Uh, I had pretty good grades. Um, I can't really complain about anything else uh, except for uh, this one teacher. <laughs> this one teacher, yeah. Um, it was a challenge. Senior year wasn't, wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. Well, now... I remember my senior year. I know there's something that people in my generation and probably in your mom's, we can get to. I can get to being 16 right now. I can remember my first date, my first party, my first everything. What is the memory you're going to take forth your senior year? You said it was pretty good. You did. You had best friends. It seems to me you went out of the country this year. I did. Um I went to Peru uh -huh. with, my, with the same coach who I asked to, uh, for the opportunity. Uh, my coach, he said, uh, Nalik, like, what are you doing this summer? Uh, last year, actually. What are you doing this summer? And I said, um, I don't know. I, I guess I'm just going to mess, you know, mess be, around. be a 15-year-old kid. And my coach was like, okay, give me a second. So my coach contacted uh, another friend that he knew, and he was like, hey, I'm trying to put a team together trying to get my uh, these group of kids to Peru, um, like, let's go. And my coach, he said, uh, Nalik, like, he contacted me, and my mom was sitting next to me that day. I was like, Mom, can I go to Peru? Mom, <laughs> Mom, Mom. And she looked at me in my eyes, and she was like, are, are you kidding? And um, <laughs> I was like, no, Mom, I'm like, I'm serious. My coach, he was like, let's go to Peru, let's go, let's go. And she said, uh, I don't think about it. Um, we progressed, you know, three, four months went past, and she said yes, and then I, we ended up going to Peru. We, he brought a team of what? Now, this what? is the first time, right? Yeah, this is last year. Okay, all right. Now, all right, here you are. You're a teenager. Mm -hmm. You're doing something you love. Right. You're with a coach, so you feel kind of secure, but you're going to Peru. Come on. I'm what scared. was that like? Okay. I'm terrified. Okay, all right. So had you traveled internationally before? Uh, one time. Well, I don't know if Canada counts. But one Canada time, counts. one time I went to uh, Ghana on a family trip for well, Christmas. Well, look at that. One look time. at that. Yes. Okay, so here you are. Mama's not with you. When? Peru. She came. The yeah, she came. Okay, so we know you've got part of your support system with you. She brought the whole family, actually. My uh oh, sister came. wait a minute. My sister came. Now my see, grandma nobody, and my great grandma came. Nobody told me all of this. <laughs> Okay, so you all had a migration to Peru <laughs> for some. That's wonderful. Okay, so let's help the audience understand what a teenager feels like, what you felt like on the trip over, what you felt like when you hit ground, you touched ground, and what was that like uh, for you? We, um, we had a mistake with our flight, so we got there a day before the team. So the coach came the next day with the rest of the team, and we were there first day, and we just all kind of were in shock. We were shook, you know. We all looked at each other. We were like, Nalik, like, we're all in Peru, you know. <laughs> like, you got us here, but, like, what now? Like, coach is not here. Like, what's going to happen? Um, thankfully, and what did you do? Thankfully, um, when I was in kindergarten, my mom signed me up for this program called Spanish Immersion. And it's only at certain schools in Fairfax County. Yes. 
Um, I got in and I followed it through all the way to 11th grade. And then I took the AP Spanish test. And then senior year, 12th grade, I didn't take a Spanish class. But 11th grade is when I went to Peru the first time. And you spoke Spanish. And I spoke Spanish. You saved your family. I definitely did. And they were saying, you better take care of us. Here we are. How many miles away? Literally. Um. All right. So <laughs> then you had to get settled before your coach got there. Right. Okay. And you kind of feel the pressure. It's on you. It's on me. <laughs> okay. All of it. So what did you do? What kind of decision making did you go through? I, I mean, I had to ask the taxi, tell him where to go. I had to ask for, like, tell us what, do, what are we going to eat. Um, I met, uh, there was a guy, there was a player who was going to play with us. He was already in Peru. I uh -huh. met him. He came with me, right? He came, he was already there. He was waiting for me at the hotel. Good. So I met him that night. Um, it was, it was just, it was a whole lot to take in. I didn't ever process that I would ever have the opportunity to play soccer at 15 in a different country, 16, 17. 18, I would have been looking for it. 19, I would have been looking for it. But 15, that, that was, uh, no, no. So uh, did you get the big head? Or what, what, what happened to you? Come on, you can tell, you can tell Ms. Tyra. Uh, did you think you were all that in a bag of chips? Or did you feel like, uh-oh, this is an opportunity. I better do well. Both. Both. Uh, both. Okay, all right. So what was the most important lesson you learned? Because I heard you say, the coach was putting together a team. Does that mean that the people you play with in Peru, you didn't play with all the time? No, I was the only person from my team that okay. way. Okay, okay. Um, so the coach that took us, he pulled players from different teams. Okay. And um, I asked players from my team, I said, come on, like, let's go, let's go, come <laughs> on, come on. I don't want to go alone, you know? And uh, they all said no. They all thought it was a scam or they all thought that it was not going to work. And... Um, then I just ended up there alone, and uh, I was super nervous, especially getting there first, you know, because yes. my coach knew everybody. My coach, Impro, he's a celebrity. If he tells you he's not, he's lying. Um, <laughs> okay, I'll go ask. <laughs> and um, uh, I was terrified, petrified. Okay, now, I want you to help because this is an internationally heard show or listened to show as well as national Everybody may not. There'll probably be more international people that are into soccer than otherwise. But soccer is a team sport. Yes. So when you were here, you played with people that you got to know over a season, right? Right. So what was it like to make the transition to play with a team of new players? I mean, they knew the the game. They right. knew their their positions. But doesn't something else have to come together to make a team? Right. What was that like? Um, building chemistry for the, we were there for um, like 13 days, I think. Mm -hmm. Building chemistry for the first time with a completely new group of faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, it's always difficult. Yes. It's always difficult. Um, our first day, our coach knew. He didn't even schedule a game. He just had practice. So that way we could get to know, you know, uh, know, what, know what our strengths and weaknesses are, or at least try, because mm -hmm. one practice isn't enough. Right. But. That's all we had. The next day after day one, we played. And um, it was rough because we were still figuring it out. Mm -hmm. um, the team that we were playing against, they were like uh, like semi-pro, but they were getting paid. In Peru, um, semi-professional teams, I'm pretty sure they get paid. That's what our coach is telling us. Okay. Certain teams get paid to okay. play in certain divisions. We played one of the teams that got paid, and um, we got destroyed. 
Um, okay, let's 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 put a comma there. What does it feel like? Now I'm I'm, I'm taking this journey with you. Okay, mm-hmm. you're 15. You've been selected. You've been recruited to go to another country to play a game that you're passionate about. You got your support system with you. Here comes family. You get there early, so you have to navigate with your language skills, getting mm-hmm. everybody settled. Mm-hmm. Then your coach gets there, and these people they've recruited. Mm-hmm. Now you got to play people you don't know. What's it feel like to lose? Um, I mean, I've lost before, but losing to a completely new aspect of life, like it, it all kind of hit me when we lost because it didn't just hit me, it hit the whole team. We all were like, whoa. Like Virginia soccer, New Jersey soccer, because some kids were from New Jersey. Texas oh, soccer, some okay. were from Texas. Okay. Is not the same as Peruvian soccer. As um, they live it, breathe it, and they, live together. That's what they do. We were driving. We would drive to a game. We'd see people playing in socks, people playing in no shoes and shoes, playing on basketball courts, playing in, with slides on. They that's that's how what they, they lived. Do. Mm-hmm. And knowing that we're in Virginia, we practice, what, two, three times a week? Mm-hmm. It's a big difference. They're outside every day on the dirt, on the grass, on the concrete, on the turf, whatever they had. As long as they had a ball, they'd play. Which is another interesting cultural thing right. that you saw. And maybe for some of those players, that is all they had. Right. We don't know what the background was, what kind of families they came from, but they found something that they were good at, that they could be passionate about. And that adds a lot to, that's a lot of motivation, right, Right. to get it done. So how did all of you, New Jersey, uh, whomever, all of the soccer teams that came from the United States, how did your coach help you through that space of being destroyed to, come on now, we can do it, we can do it? What did the coach do? How did the coach encourage you? Um, Or did he? He did. After the first game, well, we didn't – he wanted to see what would happen the first game. So he didn't really coach. He just kind of watched. Okay. Um, which I respect that, you know, because that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, game two, he put on his coaching hat or his coaching whatever, and he said, like, we're going to get this done today because I'm going to make sure that we don't lose really bad again. Okay. And um, second game, he assigned a captain, you know, someone who could control it on the field. Right. First game he didn't do that, but he assigned a second game, and um, I wanted to be it. I'm not gonna lie, but he didn't pick me, and uh, it made me try and drive a little bit harder because I wanted to be that person, even okay. though I knew it wouldn't be me this time. Um, if you ask me, though, honestly, he picked the right person, the right person for the job. Um, he was the most well-rounded and and um, uh, kind of team building type person even though nobody knew who he was but he was the person who if you had an issue you could ask him you know he, if you had a soccer problem mm-hmm. he could help you you know and um, now was he an old was he a part of the team he was on the team okay so he was my age too wonderful now like that is so special that one you can see certain talents and gifts in another person for that situation right and see the, there is a thing called situational leadership and you in my opinion were leader enough to say you know what that's the right person for right now right even though and that person motivated you because you said you tried right. harder right and this year when I went he made me the captain this year 
So. Wow. This is awesome. This is awesome. So let's pretend like, okay, we don't have to pretend like. It's 13 days later, and you all have played, 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 played. Uh, aside from what happened that first loss, what did you learn about teaming and soccer and the whole thing coming together? Did you grow at all? Did you learn anything new? I learned a lot. I came back to the United States, um, and I feel like I had a scrimmage like two days later with a, with a, with a, my coach, my real coach. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I, everyone was like, Nalik, like, what happened? Like, you know, like, you're different now. Like, not completely, but, like, athletic. You play different. You, you think different. You're not – you're the same, but, like, plus tax. You know what I mean? I do. I do. I like the way you said that as well. Uh, something happened to you that you probably can't even explain. I can't explain it. But it impacted how you lived, thought, and played, right? Right. And that's a beauty of growth. You grew. Right. I grew a lot. After that, those 13 days, playing well, playing bad, whatever, mm-hmm. it really changed how I viewed the game of soccer. Because in America – just a game here you know they care about it sometimes yeah yeah yeah. you know uh every four years when we're in the world cup we get a we get a a couple of a lot of views you know Mm -hmm. um but on a regular day in peru even if you're not being watched you're still 100 percent all the time you're still i'm the best one in this neighborhood i'm Uh the best one on this team Uh i'm going for that team you know um, we had the pleasure of going to one of the professional team games. Oh, good. That experience was uh, unforgettable, um, as opposed to going to, like, a D.C. United game, you know. Uh-huh. Um, the stadium was super loud the whole time. Everyone was hyped. Everyone's dancing. Everyone's moving, you know. Uh-huh. Even if the team's not winning, they're still, you know, <laughs> and um, – it's like the things that you would see on the World Cup, you yeah, know? But yeah. it's like that for every game, and it was beautiful. That's their diet. That's, that's their that's dessert. Yeah. And um, my coach, he he was kind of nervous for us because we were all Americans, and um, so he sat us on the other side, mm-hmm. like away, like kind of away from uh, all the super hype. And it was still hype where we were, but it wasn't like the big stuff. And we were does we it, got to does see it. Does it feel political when they're competing there? No, there was no, like, fixated anything. It was all just soccer. Just soccer. Amazing. Well, from your perspective, what did your family learn? You you took a troop with you. What happened to them? They went off. Um, Sometimes they were with me, and sometimes they weren't. They came to, I think, like, two or three games with us, but they went off and did their own journey. I was told that they went to see Machu Picchu. And they went to... Oh, so they did sightseeing and... Exactly. They were tourists while I was playing. And that's okay. That's no problem. That's a good thing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a couple of things. I ask you... I forgot. If you wrote... I like to ask this question. If you wrote a message and put it in a bottle for your the class coming up, next year and mm. your school that you graduated from what would you tell them what kind of advice would you get leave them with um i didn't really have the best experience with chantilly uh but if i were to tell my class or the rising class mm-hmm. i would just say you are the best 
and just follow your dreams. Okay, so you and DJ are right on the same level. Yes. So um, I'm also hearing you say, I didn't have the best experience, and I'm surviving. I'm yes. excelling right now. So could it also be included in your message if things aren't always the way you want them? Keep on pushing. Keep on living. Keep on surviving, right? Yes. Um, I want you, I gave you an assignment, and I want you to uh, share a letter that you would write to your younger self with our audience, and then I'm going to uh, invite your mother into the conversation as well. Tell me when you're ready. I'm ready. Okay. Dear young Nylik, little did you know, so little did you know, you would be the first person in your family, or the only person in your family, that you knew played soccer. All those times when you were in church complaining to the deacons in teen church that you wanted to stop playing recreational soccer because it was boring or too easy. Always getting yelled at after church for kicking the ball near the cars. Just wanting to, to expand your arsenal of soccer abilities outside of Northern Virginia. Having all these aspirations to want to play soccer internationally, meet a nice woman, have a fancy car, and explore the world. You're not crazy, but you're a little wild and silly. You keep the party going or you raise the roof with your weird vibes. You are a great friend and a caring one, kind lover, not looking for a relationship, just looking to be appreciated. As unappreciated as you are, and as you will remain, just know that, as that the glue sticks if you do. Church boys, that's the way you used to roll. <laughs> getting into trouble for being too loud, to getting bullied in front of the stairs for not being normal. Not much will change as you grow older, only how you deal with it. Having all these things fresh in your head every time you walk around church, you will still be joyful in seeing the pastor who you found to be a great birthday buddy. <laughs> not being so keen on drugs and regardless of peer pressure, not falling into the wrong hands, knowing that the Lord that prepares the table before you will never fail, and keeping him first in all that you do will bring you to this point where you will be able to say, I did it. Thanks to him, and to the woman who loves sky blue and who always says no to everything, you will say thank you to both because you will know what they have done for you. Also, don't forget these things as you grow. You have a little sister on the way. The Lord gave up his son just for you. Mama loves you. And most importantly, now I got swag. Love and hope your future self. Nye got swag. I love that. What was that like to write that? The poem or Nye got swag? <laughs> Whatever. What was it? When I asked you to do it, what, what happened to you? Honestly, mm -hmm. uh, I procrastinated a lot. That's nothing new for somebody else. Um, I hesitated. I almost didn't do it. Um, it took a lot of motivation. Well, not a lot, but it took some push from my mom. Um, I 
started writing when I was just sitting there watching TV. Um, I was watching soccer, actually, and I just was like, you know, let's start when I was in church. And then I stopped after the first paragraph and I didn't look at it for two, three days, four days. And mm -hmm. my mom was like, Nalik, like, <laughs> come on, you're going to see Tyra in two days. So then uh, I wanted to go hang out with my friend. And uh, my mom was like, you can't do it till you leave. So I ran upstairs, <laughs> typed this and read it to her. And she was like, you did all that in 40 minutes. And, and it took you four days to sit down. And I was like, yeah. And the best part swag. is um, now I got swag. That's my name. That's my gamer tag for video games. Yes, yes. That's like, uh, What's your favorite video game? I play FIFA a lot. Okay. Um, FIFA, I play Naruto. Uh, sometimes I play Mortal Kombat, but I like, I really enjoy FIFA. So you were reading off of your phone. Yeah. Do you feel that screens, which are a great part of your life, separate you from making intimate friends? I, I say that because often I just sit and watch teenagers together and they're texting and they text, they're sitting right next to each other and they text one another. Right. And I'm thinking, when you communicate facial, body language, smiles, all of that contributes to the message. How do you feel about how much you do with screens? Well, when I hang out with my, my friends, uh, usually I don't pick up my phone. Um, we take pictures, but I don't really... You all communicate. Yeah, I like to talk to my friends. That's why, uh, if you ask me, it's pretty easy for me to make friends. I make them just... I see them. I see someone sitting alone. I'll go talk to them. They'll be on their phone. I'll say hi. Um, I see someone in the hallway. I say hello. Uh, I'm an extrovert, if you haven't figured it out by now. And... Um, <laughs> I, I, don't really I just I would phone. probably just say you're a blessing. So let's let's turn to your mom and bring her in to the conversation. Tiana. Hello. Hello. Hi there. Hi. <laughs> um I had asked that you talk to your son as if I were not here and that your son talk to you as if you were not here. And I suggested Maybe you all give each other report cards since you're about to part ways. So who wants to start? Mom, okay. Okay. Um, there's probably so many things to give you a report card on. Um, your personality is, is wonderful. It's very um, open and friendly and um, you're very social and you welcome people and you tend to find yourself um, attracted to people who need your type of energy and who need your type of um, positive attention and motivation. And you are very good about not turning people away. So I would give you an A for that, I would say. Um, probably an A plus. I think that's probably one of your best characteristics and one of your best traits is that um, you're like a magnet, and people are always attracted to you. They always want to know more about you, and most of the time they just want to be in your presence. They don't even really need to 
be up close in your face talking to you, but just being around your energy inspires people. And I'm, I'm really grateful that you are that type of person. Um, for your, uh, your family life, and I <laughs> see so you're smiling at me. <laughs> when, when I think about you, and I remember when I was bringing you home for the first time, and I thought to myself, oh my goodness, what am I gonna do with him? And from day one, you were, you know, just full of energy and full of joy and always smiling and happy. And, and as you grew, I said, okay, what am I going to do with him? What am I going to do with him? I was grateful to find that you found the love in soccer. And I kept saying to myself, where did he get this love for this game from? Oh, my goodness, I, we know no one. And um, it was really special, though, because you – you found something that you loved and you made sure to make sure that everyone you knew and you interacted with knew that that was your passion and that's what you loved. And I'm, I'm grateful that you, that you do that, that no matter who they are, you just say, this is me, take me or leave me, but this is me. And um, I'm grateful that you are um, proud of what the gift that God gave you and that you use it to, um, to draw people closer to you. And my hope is that you will continue to use this talent to pull people closer into Christ. That's my hope for you and my um, aspiration and my, my prayer for you. And um, my dream is that you will help build the kingdom of God with the talent that he gave you. And I truly believe that this is your season to do that. I truly believe it. He's opened up so many doors for you. And because he's opened those doors, it wasn't by mistake. So that is my... my um, peace and blessing and my kiss off to you is that you take that and you you run with it and you and you pull as many people in as you can because that's your church because this is not by mistake okay know that we love you and know that we are here for you and we will support you and we're not going to turn our backs on you but you still have to go to school and get your education because we believe in that and uh and everything else will work itself out. Okay. Well, thanks for my report card. Yep. Uh, uh, Mom, uh, let's start at the top. So singing, obviously you get an A. Um, uh, we talk about kindness and support. Um, obviously you have an A as well. Um, uh, the ability to say no the ability to say no, that's an A, too. Um, uh, I say no all the time, though. Yes. <laughs> um, it's okay, though, because as my mother, it's your job to make sure that I'm okay. And uh, in the 17 years that I've been alive, uh, I have, I'm sorry, I have regretted um, a lot of things that I may or may not have told you. Um, I uh, have a lot of, um, I have a lot of, I show a lot of disrespect when you say no. I mean, well, not a lot, but I do show disrespect when you say no. And um, I want to apologize for that. But uh, I want you to know that regardless of leaving, staying, leaving the country, going to Mars, um, that all this, like all those no's really paid off 
Um, and you told me you tell me all the time that I'm gonna thank you when I'm 30, but um, I'm gonna thank you now and when I'm 30. Uh, so I want to say thank you for all the no's because they help me be, you know, help God help me, you know. Because if you said yes, positive, I'd be a different person, you know. If you said yes when I was 10 to leaving the neighborhood, and yes when I was 12 to going to spend the night at my friend's house, yes when I was 14 to run in the streets, quote unquote, uh, I wouldn't be sitting here. Or I would, maybe. But uh, I'd be sitting here and we'd be having a, I'd be telling Tyra a different story. Uh, and uh, one thing that you have uh, really encouraged, or really uh, implanted in me, and uh, one thing that I've learned from a lot of people is that I don't want to be uh, that person that grows up and says, uh, I really grew away from uh, Christ, or I really grew away from my mom, you know? Um, I want to be the one that says, throughout my whole life, I knew what my who my who my backbone was, you know? I had Christ, I had the church, I had the family, I had the siblings, I had whoever, but most importantly, I had my mom. And um, she backed me up 100%. And the Lord will back her up 100%. And um, due to all these things, uh, as a parent, I'd have to give you a C. No, I'm just kidding. 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 And due to all these things, obviously, um, you deserve more than just an A. But since A is the highest grade I can give you, I have to give you an A. So. Plus, 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 plus. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I just, uh, just want to thank you for everything. And... Um, all the other report card stuff, yeah, needs improvement, um, all of it, all of it, all of it. Yada, 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 yada. It all needs improvement. Well, thank you, son. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate your thank you. And I do always tell you that, you know, I tell you no sometimes because I want you to know that um, life is all about decisions. And each decision that you make, it's, it's like you're planting a seed. So you can plant good seeds and reap good fruit, or you can plant not-so-good seeds and have to reap the fruit of those not-so-good seeds. So, you know, when I tell you no, it's not a no because I don't want you to do it. Well, sometimes I don't want you to do it. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> there are some situations I don't want you in. There are some situations, some people that I don't want you around because I see certain things and characteristics in them that may tarnish the, the child of God that God made you. And even though you're, the, you're called to go into, you know, the lowest valleys and the deepest places, the, you want to be careful not to be in situations where somebody may, may influence you to change who God made you to be and who he's calling you to be. So sometimes I do say no, you know, and that's out of love. All the decisions are up to you, and I'm always going to support you 100%. But, you know, you have to be mindful of your, your decisions that you make. And um, the, the message behind the no is not always just to keep you from things. It's also to protect you. So um, that's why. And it's always, you know, a heartfelt, man, I just want to tell him yes so he can go do it. But if I know if I tell him yes, it might, it might destroy him. It might, you know, tarnish him, and I don't want that for you. 
I want you to always, you know, have the opportunity to shine for Christ and let others see that Christ is alive and he lives in you. And if you're in situations where, uh-oh, you know, you, your shine begins to tarnish, and it's going to happen, especially when you go away. You're going to get in situations, and I'm not going to be there to say, no, mm -mm, I don't think that's good. That's when you're going to have to use your judgment, and you're going to have to say, just think back and say to yourself, this is what I want you to do. Would mom tell me no? Because <laughs> if mom tells me no, then I probably, let me call. Let me, get a, let me call my lifeline, because the lifeline is there. You know, you never know, but sometimes I might not be there, and then that's when you make the decision and you say, mom said. Which it, what would she say if she found out I was doing this? Right. At the end of the day, you know, I want you to stay focused. Don't lose your focus. Don't lose sight on who you are and what you've been called to do. Don't lose focus. It's going to be easy. There's a lot of distractions in life, but don't lose focus. Stay focused. Just stay focused, stay committed, stay humble, stay humble. Don't forget where you came from because you didn't come with a silver spoon. You got to work for that spoon. Right. And what your, your, the till on your hands that you have to do to work for the spoon is up to you. You can work hard or you can work super duper 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 hard for the same spoon. But the choice is yours. Mom, uh, I mean, I don't really have much. I, I don't have anything else, you know? I don't have anything to say. Like, uh, it's just, it's a lot to take in, you know? I've been, uh, since freshman year, like four years ago, I've been like, dang, I can't wait to leave that. I can't wait to leave that. I can't wait to go, you know, go off to college. Go to, when England came up, I got so excited. I can't wait to go to England. Uh, can't wait to go to Coastal Carolina. I got accepted. Woo! Can't wait to leave. Um, and then now Miami. Woo! Can't wait to go to Miami. Um, but, you know, even though I'm telling myself this, you know, like I'm telling myself that I'm tired of all the no's. I'm tired of the, oh, why can't I, why can't I do, you know, why do I have to do all these things, you know? Um, and all the times that I'm telling myself this in my head, like my inner Nalik, you know, um, is also like Nalik, like, come on, like, you and I both know that as much as you want to leave, you don't want to leave, you know, and um, that's the worst part, that's, that's the worst part, that um, part of me really, really wants to get out of the house, and then the other part really, really doesn't want to leave the family, so uh, it's kind of just how how life goes you know um i'm assuming i'm not the only teenager or person ever that's had this emotion or her knows how this i did yeah. i did too i couldn't wait yeah. i couldn't wait and i i'm feeling the two of you in this interaction and i can remember similar conversations with my parents centuries ago <laughs> and I made mistakes and I drew on that voice in my heart and in my head even when I was going against it I heard it mm -hmm. and I thank God every day for it yeah. 
and what I want to do. This this is my present to you, Nalik. Um, the music I'm going to play, my dad, when he came home from the war, was four years old, and he used to play this song every night before I had my story, before I went to sleep. But fast forward a number of years, and I two boys, and both of them wanted all kinds of things away. And uh, I heard this song by Regina Bell, and I'm going to say the lyrics, and it's for you. Okay? Okay. All right. If I could, I'd protect you from the sadness in your eyes, give you courage in a world of compromise. Yes, I would, if I could. I would teach you all the things I've never learned, and I'd help you cross the bridges that I've burned. Yes, I would, if I could. I would try to shield your innocence from time, but the part of life I gave you isn't mine. I'll watch you grow so I can let you go if I could. I would help you make it through the hungry years, but I know that I can never cry your tears. But I would if I could. If I could in a time and place where you don't want to be, you don't have to walk alone this road in me. My yesterday won't have to be your way. If I knew, I'd try to change the world I brought you to. Now there isn't much more that I can do. But I would if I could. This is from another mother to her sons and to you and to any other young person who is taking a step into their future, caressing the blessings and acknowledging them. And for those of you who may find days where you need a spiritual doggy bag remember this I want to tell you some things your mirror can't tell you first you opened two gifts this morning they were your eyes every day you wake up it's God saying to you it's not over you are more than who you've become now know this, although each of you came with a unique set of fingerprints and each of you is a designer's original, created to do what no one else can do, there's some common attributes and qualities that you share. When the going gets tough, when you're feeling utterly down and discouraged, you need to remember you are a miracle. You are important. You are stronger than you feel, stronger than depression, stronger than suicide. You are smarter than you think. You have multiple intelligences. You're more beautiful than you ever believed. Think about this. The ugly duckling was always a swan. Others tried so hard to make her think the duckling that she was when she was growing up, that she looked different, she had different skills. And she began to believe it herself. She was so unhappy until one day she saw herself in all of her glory. 
She was a beautiful swan. Your story isn't finished and it hasn't been read. You have been listening to Radio Fairfax, Fairfax, Virginia on your TV, computer, or mobile device. And we are webcasts, web, web worldwide, excuse me, on the internet, www.radiofairfax.org, every Saturday at 8 p.m. My guest have been Mr. Nileep Brooks and his mother, Tiana Brooks. And I am so grateful that we had this time together. Listen, y'all out there, your seat at the table is guaranteed. I look forward to next time. Until then, you need to promise me that you're going to treat yourself like someone you love. We're going to let Mr. Tony Walker, take us home. Maybe we are. This is Tyra G. Until next time, I love you. <laughs>